This is the Actionable UX Podcast, where we provide research-backed insights you can use right now to start building world-class product experiences. I'm your host, Austin Acevedo. For each episode in the series, I'll present a new topic or effect, summarize a key scientific study related to that topic, and offer a few examples for how you can implement it today. This episode, we're talking about the paradox of choice. After this episode, you'll know how to help users make decisions 10x faster and be more satisfied with their decisions, whether it be making a purchase or accomplishing a task. Let's get started. You've been wrong all your life about something. It reveals itself in your day-to-day routine, at work, at home, and in the content you consume. You've been convinced of a major lie, and the media has been brainwashing you since you first sat in front of the TV. I'd better get to it, because this is starting to sound like a conspiracy podcast. (laughs) The lie is that more is always better. More choices, more options, more, more, more. Today, we're shattering the glass. We're waking you up from the matrix. More is, in fact, not always better, especially as it relates to our favorite products and apps. More choices actually often create less satisfaction, buyer's remorse, and decision paralysis. This phenomenon is called the paradox of choice, which was first coined by American psychologist Barry Schwartz in his 2004 book, The Paradox of Choice, Why More is Less. In his book, he explains the more choices we have, the more effort it takes for us to make a decision. We often end up spending time thinking about the pros and cons for each option, which increases the time we take to make a decision by a great measure. He also states that the more choices we have, the more likely we are to second-guess our decisions. With numerous options, it's easy for us to look around at the others with a sense of regret for the choices that we've made. It also becomes more common to stir over the possibility that we might have been more satisfied if we chose something different. Another closely related fundamental topic is Hick's Law, or the Hick-Hyman Law, named after psychologists William Edmund Hick and Ray Hyman, which states that the more options available to a person, the longer it will take for them to decide which option is best. As much as we think we always want more, we've all experienced sitting in front of the TV scrolling through hundreds of shows on Netflix, finally choosing something after 20 minutes of searching. When we're shopping for a car, we spend hours narrowing down our choices to a small handful, only to then spend another few hours analyzing every detail of each model we chose to compare to each other. When we finally make a decision, we still aren't sure whether or not it was the right one and quite often feel like the other choice may have been the better decision. It happens all the time and you might notice it more often after listening to this. The point is, Presenting users with lots of options can often create a poor user experience by decreasing efficiency, creating the potential for regret, and increasing the chance of overwhelming them. The first study I'm highlighting today is the paper titled, When Choice is Demotivating, Can One Desire Too Much of a Good Thing? by Sheena S. Iyengar and Mark R. Lepper, written in 2000. In Iyengar and Lepper's first experiment, they set out to collect insights about the ability for people to make choices using one of God's greatest gifts to mankind, jams. At a grocery store in Menlo Park, they set up a display for Wilkin & Sons jams, asking shoppers to try as many as they liked. They then recorded how many shoppers purchased a jar. Iyengar and Lepper had two setups that they alternated each hour throughout the day, 
For the first setup, they only put 6 jam flavors on display. For the second, they put 24 jam flavors on display. After collecting observations of 754 shoppers, 40% stopped to look at the display limited to 6 jams, while 60% stopped to look at the display with 24 jams. Although this seemed to show support for the thought that more is always better, when it came to how many actually made a buying decision, 30% of shoppers that encountered the display with 6 jams purchased a jar, while only 3% who encountered the display with the 24 jams actually made a purchase. There are a lot of ways to interpret this data, and Einger and Lepper ran through a handful of potential limitations. However, the scale of these results is striking and absolutely worth considering. For study number two, we're taking it back to the foundational study done by Hick in 1952 called On the Rate of Gain of Information. In Hick's first experiment, he presented participants with a visual stimulus, who then were asked to press one of ten buttons to indicate which stimulus they had seen. When Hick measured the reaction time for participants, selecting the button associated with the visual stimulus found that their reaction times increased with the number of options presented on a logarithmic curve. This means for each additional option given, the participants' reaction time increased, but not linearly. The time increased dramatically, from one option to two options to three, four, and five. But when higher numbers were reached, the amount of time taken to make a decision changed at a slower pace. Both of these studies demonstrate that when we're presented with more choices, it takes more effort and time for us to make decisions. Often if presented with too many options, we don't make a decision at all. In the case of the jams, we could speculate a number of scenarios. 24 jams is a lot of options. Looking at them all on a single display could create some initial intrigue around what's available. But thinking about it logically, how long would it take for a person to actually go through and read 24 labels versus the jam display with only 6 options? Then what about the time it would take that person to identify which of these flavors match their tastes, and finally having to choose which flavor they would like best amongst all the others? It appears pretty logical that more options increase the effort it takes for us to take action on something, and this applies in a wide variety of scenarios. Hicks observations give us a little more insight into where we can make the most impact by understanding that the time it takes to make a decision in relation to a number of options presented is logarithmic. This means that the change amongst lower numbers, such as reducing 5 options to 3 or even to 1, is much more impactful than reducing 20 options to 10. Learn how to implement this effect into your product after the break. If you want to boost your career in UX UI design or just want to learn more about how to build world-class products, I can't recommend the Interaction Design Foundation enough. IXDF offers a comprehensive platform where you can learn everything from foundational principles to advanced UX knowledge. Their resources helped me build my very own career in UX, and I know they can do the same for you. As an Actionable UX podcast listener, the Interaction Design Foundation is offering an exclusive deal of three free months off your yearly membership. To take advantage of this killer offer, simply visit the link provided in the description of this episode or find it on our website at theactionableuxpodcast.com. Now, let's dive back into this episode. Happy learning. Welcome back. Here are your examples for how to implement the paradox of choice into your product right now. As a quick review, we learned in the previous studies that more choices make it harder for users to take action. 
it incurs extra time on a logarithmic scale for every additional action added. This means that not only are less than five options better than more, reducing five options to three or even to one is most impactful. Anything reaching higher numbers greatly reduces the chance of a potential customer from making a buying decision. So how do we apply this to products? The first context we can talk about is your product's website homepage. There are tons of pages out there that have a ton of CTAs or calls to action. For those who aren't familiar with this, call to action is a marketing term used to describe an action you want your user to take, in most cases, clicking on a link. The fastest way to make your homepage more impactful is reducing everything on your homepage to drive your user toward a single call to action. Step one is to identify the goal of your site. What is the most important thing that you want your potential user to do? Is it to have a user create an account, subscribe, make a purchase, log into their account? Whatever it is, I challenge you to try to reduce your homepage to only use a single CTA. And when I say a single CTA, I don't mean one button on the whole page. The same button or action can exist in multiple places above and below the fold, or maybe even in your header, but just one actual action we want the user to take needs to be the focus. There's obviously a lot more depth in building funnels and A-B testing which flows will be more effective to get your user to become a paid customer. But the quickest way to make your homepage more impactful is by identifying your website's primary goal and use a single CTA. We can apply the same logic to many apps and services, especially if you're building a new app from scratch. It's easy to get caught up in wanting to build a product that allows a user to do all the actions from a single view. That's more convenient and less clicks, right? Wrong. I want you to imagine having an app that resembles the cockpit of a commercial airplane. The dashboard has a thousand buttons, levers, switches, all supposedly necessary to fly the plane. Now imagine the pilot coming on board has never been in a cockpit before and is told to fly the plane. You can imagine the sense of overwhelm and confusion that pilot would feel looking at all of those controls. This can be equated to your user's first time using your product. If it isn't crystal clear what sequence of actions your user is supposed to take on any page in your product, it's going to be very challenging for them to use. And products that are perceived as complex will very often get abandoned real fast for something else that is easier to grasp visually. The caveat here is all products have varying levels of complexity. You can think about the difference between a mobile app dedicated to meditation versus Adobe Photoshop, where you're going to be editing images. The meditation app is helping the user accomplish essentially a single task, which is to meditate, whereas editing images in Photoshop requires many subtasks and is highly complex. Despite this fact, Adobe will always only show what's absolutely necessary for a user to have on hand in that context. I'd guess that 90% of what you can do in Photoshop is hidden from the default view. To go even further, we're actually seeing a huge rise in products like Canva, which have simplified the design process for the common user significantly. They've taken away the learning curve, and if you've ever used Canva, they make it really easy to follow a step-by-step -step process and have a design that most people would be proud of for their everyday use cases. The paradox of choice illustrates that less is actually almost always more. When it comes to presenting choices to users, 10x their efficiency toward taking an action, avoid making them feel overwhelmed, and greatly increase the chance your users will be happy with their decision by reducing the options presented as much as possible.
That's it for this episode. If you'd like to dive deeper in today's concept or check out the rest of our content, please head to our website at theactionableuxpodcast.com. If you'd like to help support the show so we can continue to help you build better products, you can do that at our Patreon, which is www.patreon.com slash theactionableuxpodcast. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.